episode 100, Horse Therapy, on the Social Workers Rise podcast. Hello, my name is Katherine Moore, social worker, mom, coffee lover, and founder of Social Workers Rise, where we inspire social workers to connect, expand their knowledge, and change more lives than they ever thought possible. I'm so excited you found my podcast. We will talk everything social work on every level from micro to macro. We will hear the stories of social workers who are doing big things, learn new skills, and most importantly, give you actionable steps to make a difference today. Let's go. Hello and welcome to the 100th episode of Social Workers Rise. I cannot believe it's been 100 episodes. I mean, man, this has been over the past two and a half years. So I started this podcast in January of 2020. Of course, you know, not knowing what was going to happen in March of 2020 and when the pandemic hit. I just said, well, I just started a podcast. I can't quit now. So I kept going and week after week just kept showing up. And I discovered that it was helpful and beneficial to me and the episodes to take a break about twice a year. So in the summer and the winter, I'll take a little break from the podcast and just reset, refocus, see what has been going well, what needs to be fixed, and what kind of topics that you like to hear about. And over the past two years, I've really discovered that a lot of people enjoy hearing about new types of social work. So the non-traditional routes or the types of social work that you don't know is an option until, until we hear about it, right? I've had a lot of people make comments to me about listening to the past episodes about how they had no idea it was even an option. They would listen to the podcast episode on the way to their interview and they would get hired. And it just warms my heart so much to know that these podcast episodes are making a difference. They really are helping you and you do get some benefit from being here because sometimes being behind the microphone and recording the sessions, it can feel, I don't want to say lonely, but I, I question, you know, does this matter? Does this make a difference? And over the course of the past two and a half years, I know, yes, 100%, this makes a difference or else you wouldn't be here right now. And I'm so incredibly thankful for you for being here. If you are brand new, if this is your first episode, or if you have binged all 100 episodes, I am so, so grateful that you are listening right now. This week, of course, we have a new type of social work. Well, it's not really new, but it was new to me, and I really hadn't heard about this type of therapy uh, prior to this summer of 2022 when they approached me and we started talking about it, uh, horse therapy. And this is a really great form of therapy if you enjoy horses and if you enjoy being out in nature. And I'm really excited for you to hear from Jessica Echeverry. She has a huge passion for horses and helping others. 
She has 20 years of therapy experience and at the Horse Therapy Center of Canada, she leads the reintegration therapy team and the trauma-focused team where she helps people, you know, in therapy through horses by using horses in the therapy session. So I'm really excited for you to listen to this conversation that I have with Jessica. We're going to hop right into it after this short ad from our sponsor, The Rise Directory. This episode is proudly brought to you by The Rise Directory, a national directory of clinical supervisors who are dedicated to helping the next generation of clinical social workers grow in their clinical skills. The link is in the show notes. Check it out and tell every clinical supervisor you know about this directory. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Social Workers Rise. I'm here with Jessica of the Horse Therapy Center of Canada. Welcome to the podcast, Jessica. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yes, I'm so excited to talk with you today about equine assisted therapy or AKA horse therapy. Can you tell us a little bit about you and what you do? So uh, my name is Jessica Echeverry. I'm the director of Horse Therapy Center of Canada, or HTCC for short. Uh, And we do animal-assisted intervention using horses uh, to be able to have them as, we call them our therapists, but they're really used as a therapeutic tool within the therapeutic process for our clients. Um, We're working with um, other psychotherapists, therapists, counselors, et cetera. Um, who also have horse skills, uh, and we're working towards therapeutic goals for our clients. I love this because it's really taking a holistic approach to mental health treatment. And there's so many different dimensions going on here. So there's the mental health experts, there's the horses, and then there's the being in nature and outside and, um, and then the clients, which maybe it's a new experience for them. Maybe it's not. I mean, there's so many different dimensions going on here. Yeah, it's, it's fabulous. Honestly, it's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm very blessed to be able to, to work in this modality for sure. Um, even just having clients come out. So we're just outside of Toronto, Ontario, uh, which is, you know, a big metropolitan metropolitan (laughs) a big city and um even just having kids who you know they've never been on a farm come out and experience the just the therapeutic components of being in nature like you say it's pretty it's pretty magical yeah that's amazing I mean talk about a once in a lifetime type of experience for some of these kiddos that's awesome uh what what exactly is horse therapy well, like I said, it's a it's a form of animal assisted intervention. So a lot of people are really familiar with therapy dogs, where the animal is um, used more of a, a grounding tool to be able to help regulate the client. 
So horses are used in a bit of a different way. It's not just to be able to regulate the client, but sometimes it's used to dysregulate the client. So we're actually wanting to put them outside of their comfort zone so that we can really dig in and look at different spaces that they're hoping to, uh, to you know, have help them. So uh, we're using the horse, like I said, as a tool, and uh, it could be anything from sometimes being outside of the fence and just watching her dynamics. And other times it's pulling the horse out of the field, grooming, walking the horse, and it can get even up as complex as, as complex obstacle horses that uh, represent a space in their life that they're looking to, to get help with. That's really interesting and fascinating. I've never heard of such a thing. I love it. Um, so I'm thinking, you know, when you say dysregulate, I kind of get an alarm, like as a therapist, like, wow, we don't want to dysregulate people. It sounds, sounds scary. <laughs> I know, I know. But like, it does. Who, who, who are the type of clients, like who would be your ideal clients? Who benefits most from this type of therapy? Like, what does that look like? If we were to send you a referral, you know, who, who are these types of people? So it's easier to say who is not a perfect fit rather to say than who can like the, the populations who can experience benefits from our type of therapy, uh, because we work with a really wide variety of populations, um, who is not for our specific program, anybody who is not able to uh, be mobile is, is really the, the clientele who is not a good fit for our program. And that's because we don't do any type of, uh, therapeutic riding. And we also do not, um, we don't have an accessible farm. So yet, <laughs> we're hoping to soon, but, but yet. So that's who our perfect client is not. However, um, we have clients between four years, and I think our oldest right now is 72 years old. We have males and females. We have, um, we're partners with uh, indigenous, pro, um, indigenous organizations uh, here in Ontario. Um, we work with a lot of uh, children's aid societies in our surrounding areas. So we, we see clients, children, youth, and adults who experience really positive outcomes from our programs. We also do, um, we have a, a, we call it a non-therapeutic program, but really it, it does have therapeutic benefit for our ASD clients, autism spectrum disorder clients. Um, so like I said, <laughs> I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but, but like I said, it, there's really a wide variety of clients or populations that we can work with. Okay. So what would be an expected outcome for, for, um, a client? And then I guess I'm also wondering too, is it a session? I mean, cause a normal therapy session, you know, is like an hour long. Is it a session? Is it a day? Is it a weekend? You know, also what does that look like? So, um, yeah. Yeah. Great question. I'm sorry. What was the first question? Whether it was a session and <laughs> I forgot, uh, <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I forgot, but 
I'll come back to it. Our listeners are probably like, oh my gosh, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So um, yes, it is a session. So we have uh, one hour and 20 minute sessions. And the reason why we tack on that additional 20 minutes is because it's about 20 minutes to be able to um, have go and get the horse, bring them out of their field, return them to their field after so walk them over to the barn get set up and then get into the session right so that's why we do an hour and 20 minutes and we could have uh our clients just meeting the horse and the therapist in the barn but it's really therapeutic for the client too to really be able to bring them back out to their the horse back out to their food and water to their herd to their you know mini family um and, and a lot of the times there's a lot of therapeutic component to those, those processes as well. That's awesome. I remember the question, what, what would be an expected outcome? So, you know, you have a session with the horse, you, you're walking with it. What, what can people expect to feel or experience or gain from these sessions? Yeah, I think that that's, you know, I think that's a pretty broad answer. Again, it's like in any therapeutic modality, you know, if, if you were specialized in CBT and I came and said, what would be a, a expected outcome? Like there's many depends on the client, right? It depends on the client, what their goals are, what their commitment to therapy is, um, et cetera. But I can say that clients who come in, like, let's say we have, we have a lot of, um, youth anxiety groups and so um you know our youth will come in and and they come in and they're they're buzzing with anxiety and they're nervous and they're you know they're ruminating and etc right and when they leave the session a lot of the times they feel a lot more grounded they feel a lot more focused they feel less anxious um, and then of course, depending on how long the client is in therapy, again, how committed they are to their, their therapeutic goals. Um, and of course the extent of trauma, sometimes it really just depends the extent of their mental health disorders. Um, it really just depends on, on what outcomes we can reach with each client. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So I know that you have, I know that you have a training program for therapists who want to get trained in this type of modality. Um, I'm, and we can talk a little bit about that. Um, let's just, let's just do that right now. And then I'll ask my question. So um, give me like a little brief overview of what is this training? What does it look like? What do you think that we need to know about it? Yeah, so it's a four-day intensive training program that gives mental health practitioners who are also horse people, so they need to have both of those skills to come into our certification, um, and it gives them the opportunity to understand both theoretical and practical um, spaces behind behind our type of therapy there's different types of animal assisted intervention and a lot of the times it's um it's what the the company makes of it really so there's other and i'll explain myself there's other places 
there's other types of um, therapeutic certification for equine assisted therapy. And sometimes that looks like a two to one model. So that would be a horse handler, a therapist and the client, right? We do a one-to-one -one model, model because we found that the two-to-one model just was not uh, reaching the outcomes that we hoped to reach because there was that additional listener in the sessions. A lot of times clients really weren't opening up to their full capacity. And they and we had a lot of feedback from clients like, I really want to talk to my therapist about these things, but I feel like this other person's there listening, you know? So um, we, um, about eight years ago, started practicing a one-to-one -one model and we have experienced a lot more therapeutic outcomes reached for our clients. Uh, so that's, that's what we do. Uh, we train the therapist, they come in for four days. We are, it's very intensive. We are here from, uh, 8am till 4pm every single day. The first half of the day we're we're in a classroom and we're learning how we're working, um, how we can combine different modalities into animal system intervention. So we're, we're talking about how do you, how do you, uh, you know, have CBT and DBT and uh, like all the different modalities. There's a long list of them. And how do we work those into uh, equine assisted therapy? Uh, we're also, we, we go right from, you know, ground up, horse language, herd behavior, et cetera, um, and how to reach specific outcomes with clients and different populations. Hey, it's Catherine here. I hope you are enjoying this episode. We're going to take a quick break to listen to these ads from our sponsors. If you're planning to take the BBS Law and Ethics exam, the ASWB Master's or Clinical Licensure exam, or if you're studying for the MFT exam, then you need a proven program that can help you understand the exam questions and pass with confidence. If this is you, I highly recommend the Therapist Development Center. I personally use TDC to pass my law and ethics and clinical exams and found the program provided me with everything I needed to pass with confidence. TDC's program integrates various ways of learning in an organized fashion containing all of the information you need to pass without the overwhelm. And now bonus TDC is also offering a library of continuing education courses that fulfill your license renewal requirements and will support you in your career development. If this sounds like something that you need, visit their website, therapistdevelopmentcenter.com and use the code SWRISE10 at checkout to receive 10% off any of their CE courses including their brand new course, On the Edge of Life, an introduction to suicidality. You can also check out the link in the show notes. Do you love horses, nature, and being outside? Do you dream of having a successful career working with horses and helping humans? Horse Therapy Center of Canada provides certification and professional training to mental health professionals like you who want to launch a business or career in equine-assisted therapy. With three different delivery methods, you can become an equine-assisted therapist in as little as four days. For Social Workers Rise podcast listeners like you, my friend, 
Horse Therapy Center of Canada is offering you up to $700 off of their certification and training programs. So don't wait, start your career in equine assisted therapy and learning today. Check the show notes for how you can get started. Do the people who go through your program, do they need to be professionally licensed? Can they be, can they have their master's, bachelor's, you know, what are the um, pre-qualifications for this? Yeah. Um, So as you know, we're in Canada. So things are a lot different here than they are in the States. Um, We ask that our uh, participants in our certification programs are, are licensed or registered with a, um, with a body. So a certifying body um, who, and also that they have the ability to have that license revoked if, if they were not practicing the way that they're supposed to be on an ethical basis. Right. Um, so here in Canada, that would look like one of our colleges that they're called. Uh, we register with colleges, um, and, or associations. Um, and if we were not ethical in our practices, then our license could be revoked or our registration could be revoked. And I know that in the United States, uh, it's really you know, state dependent. So, uh, but, but that is a requirement of being, being, um, approved to take our certification program. Okay. Awesome. So it sounds like, at least for here in the States, you would have to have at least some sort of social work degree or, you know, counseling, maybe, you know, psychology, I'd imagine, but be also be able to have been registered with your state. So for here in California, you have to have a master's degree, but there are other states that you can get licensed as a bachelor's uh, social worker and everywhere in between. So um, you would have to check with your own state to see, you know, what that looks like specifically for you. So thank you for clarifying that, Jessica. And also another, another thing we've ran into as well is that there are some states that you can practice as long as you're practicing under someone who is licensed. So in some states, then those people would be eligible for our program as well. Awesome. I like the, uh, the ability to be able to enter the program because a lot of times people say, oh, I don't have like my clinical license and my options are limited. So this is definitely one of those options to be able to expand on your career uh, experiences. So I'm wondering, you know, if someone uh, takes your program and they go through the whole four day training and they're ready to go, you know, now what types of organizations hire someone trained in this type of modality? So there's, um, that's a hard question. (laughs) So there's a lot of therapeutic riding centers um, in a lot of spaces. And they, what I have found just by connecting with people in our, in our field, that they really want to get into equine assisted psychotherapy, but they just don't know how to, or they don't have the, um, the clinical background to do so. Um, so we always say to approach therapeutic writing spaces because they already have a therapeutic space, um, available. And then there's also, um, a lot of our, our therapists in our programs just hang up their own shingle. Like they, 
they already have a horse or they're they're already horse people right so so they already have barns close to them and they work out agreements with those barn owners in where they can have a private space and maybe rent a horse or some of them have their own horses in their own barns um, and then they they start their own business and that's a, another portion of our program is uh, the business training so I actually teach people how do you um, how do you start right from getting your business license to where do you advertise what's the best type of advertising for this type of a uh, a service and and I really give them you know my my 15 years of business experience in a in a box so that they can so that they can go and they you know they at least have that information to try and start their business if that was is what they choose to do wow we like this entrepreneurship man that's exciting so you can be trained in equine therapy go start your own private practice if you happen to be you know out there and also too i'm thinking um that i you know, I'm in Southern California, so we don't have very many rural areas around me. Uh, but I have heard that people in rural areas, it's hard to access therapists. So this sounds like a really great way for someone who may be in a rural area around farms and horses to just start up their own private practice, literally in your backyard. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it is a field that it, those of us who are already in the field, we see how absolutely magical this type of therapy can be. And it I have to explain it as that because it really is like, I, I own another private practice and it's all, you know, in a clinical setting and the outcomes that we experience here at the farm, just from being outside, being with the horses, sometimes being with the cats, you know, it's, it's, night and day compared to what we would expect our outcomes to be in a clinical setting so uh yeah it's pretty it's pretty magical for sure <laughs> yeah and I'm, I'm also thinking too that maybe there'll be less stigma attached to it that they don't necessarily have to feel like they're going to a therapist office instead oh you know i'm going to go hang out at the farm with um, you know, this, this person that I know, you know, their therapist. And so it seems like it could be much less stigmatized and maybe an avenue for people who don't feel comfortable going into a traditional office or, or doing mm -hmm. teletherapy um, that like to be outside and like to be moving. And with that movement comes less pressure to talk, right? So, yeah. you know, when you're Absolutely. walking around, when you're doing it, and um, you're not just sitting on a couch facing somebody direct eye to eye contact. <laughs> it seems like there's much less pressure. A lot of the times, like this, this is an absolutely excellent type of therapy for those uh, ther therapy resistant clients. Uh, we, have, we have a lot of kids from um, CAS. They refuse to go to their therapist, but they'll come to the barn. What's CAS? So, uh, oh, sorry, you call it CPS, I think child protective services i think we call it Ch children's aid society yeah so um so we have a, a quite a few um children and youth from from cps that that are in our programs and they're they come here and they're therapy resistant and they don't want to be in therapy but it's amazing once you get them outside and 
you know, in the wintertime, sometimes we're building snowmans. We're not, <laughs> we're not, um, we're not playing with the horses. And sometimes we're, you know, sliding down the driveway, the icy driveway with them with our snow pants on and stuff like, like it turns into more of a, th a play therapy session sometimes. Um, but yes, it absolutely is, is, uh, I don't know where I was going with this. I'm sorry. <laughs> you might want to cut that part out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, that's good stuff, Jessica. Uh, no, that was great because I was just commenting on how the pressure to talk and you're not sitting in front of like on a couch, like staring at somebody that it would seem less intimidating, right? Especially for those kids in that situation yeah. who don't want to, you know, go to quote therapy and, you know, go yeah. see a shrink. Um, so it's, um, it's just another avenue for people who just, who need someone to talk to, need that safe space to just be themselves and feel comfortable and have fun and be able to process, you know, what's, what's going on for them, what's going on in their mind. And, and like you mentioned before, it give them the opportunity to learn those grounding techniques to really, you know, be fully present in that moment. And I feel like that's such, like you said, a magical experience for kids who may have a high trauma or high stress situation at home. Absolutely. Yeah. And the being able to have, um, so a few different things. One is the parallel. I, I call it the parallel play where, you know, we're, we're beside each other and we're, we're talking. So myself as a mother of a teenager, I, whenever I needed to like have a serious conversation, it happened in the car because you're right. That face-to-face -face pressure, uh, is alleviated. And that is what happens here as well. And other times it's that the, the um, client actually speaks to the horse and not to the therapist. And a lot of the times um, that too alleviates the pressure of, of this, you know, I'm talking to you, you're analyzing me and it's an uncomfortable space for some people, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love this, Jessica. Thank you so much for sharing about your work and the center there in Canada. Um, really excited. Um, and thank you, especially for being a sponsor of the Social Workers Rise podcast. You're welcome. Really I appreciate you. Your podcast. And so do all my staff. They're, they were so excited that I was going to be on your podcast. Yes. They were so excited when we sponsored you guys. But then after that, yeah, they're we're, we're all podcast junkies. So, <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening and for being a guest, for being a sponsor. I love the work that you do. Keep it up. Where can people go to learn more uh, about the center and, and about you if they have questions for you? Yeah. So they can go to, um, sorry, they can go to www.horse therapycanada.com they can email us at office at horsetherapycanada.com or they can give us a call as well we're always happy to chat great and those links are in the show notes for you is there anything that you wanted to add before we before we say goodbye today i don't think so thank you so much for having me yeah you're welcome thank you so much for your time and i'll catch up with you soon bye okay, take care bye Thank you for joining us on another episode of Social Workers Rise. If you loved it, please 
open up your iTunes, tap the five stars and leave a short note on why you love listening to the Social Workers Rise podcast. Also, if you want to share it on social media, I absolutely love it. You have me fangirling all over you. Take a screenshot and share it and tag me at Social Workers Rise on Instagram and Facebook. Lastly, just want to leave a little bit of legal disclosure here that the information, opinions, and recommendations presented in the Social Workers Rise podcast are for general information only, and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done so at your own risk. This podcast should not be used in place of professional advice, therapy, or clinical supervision. And with that, my friends, I'll talk to you next week.